Hello. Um, please stand for the reading of the word of God. Our scripture for today is John 1, 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. This is the word of the Lord. Well, thanks, Kim, and thanks, Jace, for, for helping her there. Uh, man, good morning. It's good to be with you guys this morning. Um, Tim is out of town, if you didn't know. So he asked me if I would preach this morning. Um, for some reason, I said yes. Um, so here we are. Uh, and I just want to get one thing, one thing out of the way up front. I just want to apologize for all the baby and parenting references that you guys are going to hear this morning. Um, I mean, I guess everyone knows now, my wife and I have a uh, just turned one-year-old, um, and so that's basically all that takes up uh, space in my brain for the past year plus. And so um, with that out of the way, um, I guess I can share a story about his first birthday um, just last month. So in, on January 11th, he turned... He turned one. Uh, Kim put together this really cool, like very hungry caterpillar-themed birthday party for him. We had the family in town. Um, Jace had his own little cake, you know, and then the rest of us grown-ups had the good stuff from Sweet Oaks. Um, and we just had a had a really fun party. It was one of those one of those moments in life that was just like really incredible. And it was like I was able to realize like how cool it was in the moment. Like you were, we were taking pictures, and I could already feel like my future self looking back at those pictures and just like being, man, I, I can't believe that was 18 years ago. Like it just felt like yesterday. Just one of those kind of moments oh, with the whole family. So it was awesome. Um, so as the party was winding down, uh, we were cleaning up. Uh, Kim and I were just kind of chatting. A lot of things were going through my head. A lot of emotions were, were starting to hit me. And just out of nowhere, I just kind of asked him, I was like, did you ever expect our, our lives to, to be like this? And I mean, she didn't really have an answer. I didn't really expect her to have an answer like that, um, just right off the, off the top. But like, if you were to take me back to January 10th of 2020, the day before Jace was born, and you'd have, if you'd have asked me my expectations of fatherhood or what I thought it was going to be like to be a dad, um, like I would, I would have told you, man. I, I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be pretty cool. Um, I mean, I think it'll, it'll be rough for the first couple of weeks, but we'll get our routine down and we'll be able to go back to our normal, our normal lives, kind of thing. But I, I had high expectations. Um, but being over a little, or a little over a year into it at this point, like I can already tell you, looking back, that what I had expected this past year to be, 
um, is in a completely like different realm than reality was. Um, so like for example, like it it would be hard for me before I became a dad to describe someone using words like what it would be like to hear your son cry for the first time or like introducing him to your parents and in that same moment just realizing how they felt about you like for your entire life um, or things like watching him take his first steps um, or for me whenever I saw him pick up the basketball from our living room floor and dunk it on his little tight hoop all by himself it was just like there's just something in my heart that you just can't explain that with words um, and so it's crazy because it's, it also works the same the other way as well. And so, like I said, I was very naive about what it was going to be like to be a dad. Um, I thought Kim was going to have the baby. We stay there at the hospital for a few days. We come home. You know, we'd lose sleep for a week or two tops is what I thought. And we'd get back to it. And we could go on, like, go out to eat again. We could, um, this is before the pandemic and all that stuff, so that's a whole different ballgame. But uh, we could be able to go out to eat, keep our house somewhat clean, um, go on impromptu ice cream date nights um, that we like, and like we would just add a third human being to the equation. And so need, needless to say, uh, my expectations were, were way off again. Um, I, under, I underestimated several things. I really underestimated like the superpowers of time and sleep to just disappear. Um, but with all, with all of my kind of out-of-whack expectations that I had coming into this past year, like I can stand here and, and tell you that it was, it was way, way harder than I ever thought it would be. But at the same time, it was, it was way, it was much sweeter, much deeper, much better than I, than I could have ever imagined. And so I share that story to say that expectations uh, are a very powerful force, both positively and negatively, but expectations don't define reality. Jesus does that. Jesus is the one who defines reality. And so in these verses that we're covering today, uh, we see Jesus take low expectations and just totally flip them upside down, and we see Jesus take really high expectations and um, just blow them out of the water with, with much better things. Um, so however, however you got here this morning um, and whatever expectations you carried in with you this morning, first off, we're just super glad you're here, made it here safely. Um, it's a joy to be together. Um, but it's my, hope, it's my hope that Jesus would meet you and not just exceed your expectations, but that, that Jesus would meet you and he would actually give you like an entire new framework of what it's like to, to think about him and to be in a relationship with him. And just to just totally like blow your mind with what it's like of how he loves you, how he thinks about you, and how he cares for you. And so uh, we'll jump into the text, but first I'm going to pray for us. If you guys would, would pray for me, then we'll get, we'll get into the word. And so Jesus, we do thank you for, for letting us get together this morning. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would, you would teach us, that you would counsel us, um, you would convict and encourage us this morning. Uh, we need you, and so would you just let us see rightly the person of Jesus and how he loves us, and so we pray these things in his name. Amen. All right, so verse, verse 43. Uh, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found, he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, 
And so after, after John's introduction in the first part of this chapter, so chapter 1, uh, this is the fourth consecutive day that he writes about. And he starts off this day emphasizing Jesus' human nature. And so this is after some of the most clear and beautiful writings of John describing Jesus as God. Um, so you can see like John 1.1 1, 1 and the verses following that. But here in verse 43, John tells us that Jesus decides and that Jesus goes. And so if Jesus was just God and not a human being as well, it'd be very hard for him to make a decision because that would mean that he didn't know before he made that decision what that decision was going to be. And it'd be very difficult for him to go somewhere because one of the characteristics of God is that he's everywhere all the time. And so it's important to note that John isn't negating his previous statements about Jesus being God, uh, but rather he's communicating to us that Jesus is 100% God and he's 100% human. Uh, and Tim had, Tim had a great sermon on this a few weeks ago, so when he talked about the hypostatic union. So if that's something you're still interested in, I would recommend you start there and then uh, just check that out uh, on the website. And so after, after Jesus decides and he goes, he then finds Philip and he tells him, he's like, hey, follow me. And so we don't really know here what Philip's reaction was. We don't know if he was like all on board right away. We don't know if he actually had an audible response or if he possibly was like so shocked that he just like fell over and fainted and was just silent and speechless. We don't really know. But the first thing, the first thing he do, or we do see is the first thing that he does as a follower of Jesus. So verse 45, uh, Philip found Nathanael and he said to him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So the first thing Philip does is he finds his, he finds his friend and he tells him everything that happened. And so this, this is the same thing that Andrew did a few verses earlier. So in the verses that we covered last week, when Jesus met Andrew, had an encounter with Andrew, the first thing Andrew did was went to find his brother. And so... Um, I think it's human nature. It's human nature for us to to share when we experience this great joy. Uh, and I think there's an argument to be made that like our joy isn't actually fully realized until we share it uh, with someone else or with other people. And so, just a, a few examples here. If you if you have kids, uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. But as soon as as soon as Jace was born, and I knew he was going to be okay, I knew uh, my wife is going to be okay. Like the very first thing I wanted to do was just take him around the hospital and introduce him to, like, my family that was there and just, like, to random people that were walking in the hallways, like, hey, have you met my son? This is my son, you know? It's like, that's what I did for for a few minutes. And then the nurse got me and was like, hey, you need to take him back to the nursery. I was like, okay. But uh, another another example, um, you can think of the last vacation that you took. Um, and so I'm sure I'm sure it was amazing. Hopefully you went someplace warm. Um, but for me, like part of the joy in taking a vacation is like actually creating those shared memories with the people that you go on the trip with. And then it's like the trip itself is cool, but then it's also cool like to, to be able to come back home and have, sto- have stories to share and just experiences to share with the people back home as well. Um, and one more, one more personal example. Um, 
I actually kind of hesitate to, to share this one. It just kind of reveals how big of a nerd that I am. Um, and so, but I guess I, I got to share it at this point. Uh, but recently, and not too long ago, like I discovered the magic of compound interest. I know, <laughs> I'm weird. But like Albert Einstein calls it the, the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, and I was just like, I couldn't believe how many zeros could be added to such a small number over just like a small percentage of interest over the amount of time. And so whenever I first began to, to wrap my head around this concept, um, all I did for about a week straight was I would Google compound interest calculator um, and punch in random numbers into that, into that calculator, and I would just have my mind blown. And then it wasn't enough for me just to look at those numbers. You can verify this for Kim, but I actually was like, every time I did a new calculation, I was like, hey, Kim, come look at this. Come look at this. And so that lasted for about a week. I know. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not denying. I know I'm weird. Um, my wife is very sweet and patient with me. You guys can ask her how she deals with that um, after the service. But let's, let's get back to the text. And, and what Philip said, tells Nathaniel is really fascinating here. He says, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And so another, another way that he could have communicated this is like, hey, Nathaniel, you know the guy that our family has been looking for and talking about and telling us about for generations and generations now. Like, they've been talking about him so long, we weren't even sure, like, if he was going to be, like, if, it, if he was a thing anymore. Well, he is a thing. He We've actually found him. He's in the flesh. I know where he's at. He told me to follow him. And so it's just the words that he uses here are, are really fascinating. And Jesus actually has more to say almost directly to these, this conversation later on, um, later on in these few verses that we're covering. So let's go to verse 46. And Nathanael said to him, so this is his response to Philip. He said, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Hey, come and see. And so I love, I love Nathaniel's response here. He's just honest and blunt, um, not really regarding Philip's, um, like, how he's going to feel. And Nathaniel, um, he has low expectations, to put it nicely. Um, but I love, I love Philip's response even more. Uh, he could have easily escalated the situation and been like, bro, why are you questioning me? I, I saw this man with my own eyes. Like, don't. Don't ask those stupid questions to me. Um, he, could have, he could have been very discouraged and been like, ah, oh, man, I didn't think about that. Like, you're probably right. Like, nothing good has ever come out of there. I don't know why it would change at this point. And, yeah, let's just forget about it. He could have, he could have said something like, hey, just trust me on this one. Um, he could have said, you know what? You go check it out for yourself. Come back. We'll compare our stories and see, see what's real. But he doesn't say, he doesn't say any of that. Uh, what he says is simple and profound. He says, come and see. And so this should, this should also ring familiar to us um, from last week. Uh, it's very similar to Jesus' response to Andrew uh, whenever Andrew asked Jesus where he's staying. And I think this just goes to show us that those who come to Jesus, those who follow Jesus, um, it's just what happens is that, Jesus, is that we begin to speak and act as Jesus speaks and acts. And so before we move on, I want to I wanna take a look at what Philip is actually like communicating when he says, come and see. So that's three, 
three simple words in English, but I think he communicates way, way more than that. So I just wrote three, three things down that I want to cover. Uh, first, I think come and see means to like come and think. Come and like witness for yourself. Come and like use your, all your intellect and all your logic and all your investigative skills and come and see. Uh, bring all of your expectations. Come and imagine and wonder. Come and ask questions and listen. Come and experience with all of your senses and come and follow with all of your life. Second, I think that, Nathan, or I think that Philip is inviting Nathaniel deeper into his own life. And so I think he's implying, hey, let's, let's go together and find out. Um, he's saying that we need each other. And so I think it's clear just from these verses, the previous verses in John and throughout Scripture, that Jesus, he can find us um, wherever and however he wants. And I also think it's like that's just made clear like to us as a people of sacred mission, just with some of the stories of the people that are here in this room and in our community, like without a doubt, Jesus can find us wherever and however he wants. But oftentimes, oftentimes, Jesus finds us through our friends and people close to us. And so what Philip is implying here is that we need friends to bring us to Jesus, and we need friends to walk with us as we all walk with Jesus. And so the third thing, third thing here is I think that Philip is saying that he doesn't have the answers. Um, so he's probably like, whenever he says, come and see, he's also communicating. He's like, you know, that's a great question. Uh, and I actually don't have the answer to that. Let's go to the one who does have the answer and let's find out together. And so moving on to verse, verse 47. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. And so Philip and Nathanael are on their way to meet Jesus. It doesn't even, like, John doesn't even say that those two saw Jesus at this point, but it lets us know that Jesus saw them coming toward him. Nathanael didn't even have a chance to introduce himself or kind of explain his situation or ask any sort of question at all. And Jesus just steps toward him and just nails who Nathaniel is. Like, like crazy. He just knows Nathaniel before he even says a word. And so he very quickly turns the tables from Nathaniel, come and see, to Nathaniel, come and be seen, and actually come and be known. And so this, this I was thinking about it this week, this can actually feel scary. Like if you're here and you don't follow Jesus, because um, I know there's a part of me and probably a part of each one of us who just doesn't want people in our business. Um, we'd rather just let people think we're okay and um, just kind of deal with the bad stuff in life on our own and all that kind of stuff. But um, Jesus cares way too much about us to let us to let us live like that. And so, um, as scary as it may seem up front, like I just want to reassure that it is the most joyous and life-giving experience. Like when you realize that you can no longer hide, uh, when your failures can't define you anymore, when Jesus himself sees all of you and steps towards you, despite all your shortcomings, despite all your questions, despite all your doubts. And so this is exactly, exactly what he does for Nathaniel. And so let's look, at, let's look at Nathaniel's response in verse 48. Nathaniel said to him, it's like, how do you know me? Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, 
When you were under the fig tree, I saw you. And then Nathanael responded, and he answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And so, like, like most of us in the room would be, Nathanael was cautious at first. He just asked a, a natural question. Um, when Jesus plainly communicates that he knows him, um, and he's like, wait, how, how do you actually know me? And so Nathaniel was probably expecting some, some sort of like ordinary human means that Jesus was going to use. Like, oh, you know, like my, my grandpa runs the local hardware store. Like, so we know everyone. We know everyone in the area. Or he's like, you know, I used to work with one of your buddies back in the day. So like I've heard some stories and I, I know you. Or something like, oh, we got some mutual friends on Facebook um, or something like that. But Jesus, Jesus doesn't do any of that. What he actually says blows, he blows Nathaniel's mind. And he says, before Philip called you, when no, when, no one else, when no one else was there to see you, I saw you. And so I imagine at this point, Jesus barely had time to finish his sentence there when Nathaniel just bursts out in his response, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And so at this point in the story, we've seen Nathaniel quickly go from skepticism, and then he moves um, to surprise that Jesus knows him, and then he moves to confessing that Jesus is the Son of God and the King of Israel. And the really cool thing about Jesus here is that he is just getting started. And so let's go to verse, verse 50, where Jesus answered him. He's like, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? Uh, you will see greater things than these. And, and Jesus said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And so in other words, Jesus was just like, hey, if you think, if you think this is cool, Nathaniel, just, just hang out here for a little bit and you're going to see things that are way, way cooler than, than this. And so in verse 51 Jesus doesn't just pick a random event to back up his previous statement in verse 50, but like he always does, Jesus very carefully chooses his words here. And so by saying the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man, Jesus is using a direct reference to Jacob's ladder, so which is in Genesis 28. And so you don't have to turn there. If you want to check it out this week, I would highly, highly recommend it, encourage you. But in that story, Jacob falls asleep on a rock, and he has this dream of this ladder, or what most describe as a giant staircase from earth to heaven, and it uses the words, um, the very same words that Jesus used here, um, that the angels of God were ascending and descending on this ladder in his dream. And so by Jesus using this reference, using these exact words, uh, he's making it known that he's taking the place of Jacob's ladder for good. Uh, and what that means is that he's making it clear that Jesus is a single connection between heaven and earth. He's like, if we want to be right with God, like Jesus is our only, our only option. And so it means it has a lot of implications for us. Um, and Jesus actually reinforces this idea later in the book of John when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so, I mean, this has a ton of implications, but what it quickly means here, I think, is that it means that we can stop trying to earn our way to heaven. It means we can stop trying to stack enough good works on top of each other to, to reach God, to reach heaven. 
And Jesus is like, you don't have to do any of that. And it, he's like, actually, you can't do any of that because I'm the, only, I'm the only connection. If you want to be right with God, if you want to be connected to God in any way, the only way is through me, Jesus. So Jesus is our only hope to be right with God. And so then by saying, you will see heaven opened. So in verse 51, when he says, you will see heaven opened, and he uses the name Son of Man. Jesus is reminding Nathaniel, and he's reminding us of, of Daniel chapter 7, um, where, where the one, like the Son of Man, receives everlasting dominion. And so a, a commentator, a guy a lot smarter than me, puts it like this. Uh, in this one verse, verse 51, Jesus suggests that he will be the point of connection between heaven and earth, that through him the blessing of Abraham will be realized, and that he is the Son of Man who will exercise everlasting dominion. And so here, here Jesus is blowing Nathaniel's mind with all of this just reality-defining truth about who he is and who Nathaniel is because of Jesus and what all this encounter means for his life. Um, and at the same time, at the same time, Jesus is making it unmistakably personal to Nathaniel. Jesus, Jesus could have used a hundred, if not thousands, of different references um, in verse fifty-one. You know, like he could have just picked anything out of the hat that he was going to do in the next three years or the next thousands of years that was going to be greater than what he than what Nathaniel just witnessed Jesus do, but. He actually could have just used, like, no references at all and just been, like, straight up, just tried to communicate what he was, he was trying to say. Um, but Jesus, he chose, he chose two Old Testament references, one from Genesis. It's important to note here that Moses, Moses actually wrote Genesis, and one from Daniel, which is, which is considered one of the prophets in the Old Testament. And so Jesus, by doing this, he indirectly, yet he very directly, as responding to Philip and Nathaniel's conversation from earlier in these verses, um, in verse 45, uh, when Philip comes to Nathaniel, he's like, hey, I found the one of whom Moses of the law writes and, uh, and the prophets like, also write about him. And so uh, he's sent, he's, Jesus is saying to Nathaniel, he's like, hey, I, I am the Son of God. I see you. I know you. And I hear you. And all of your questions and all of your doubts, like none of those are too big or off limits for me. He says, you may ask, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And I'm right here standing in front of you face to face saying, follow me, come and see. And so it's wild because the same offer is here for us today. Um, Jesus sees you. He knows you. He hears you. He's inviting you to follow me, to come and see. Um, and of course, of course, this is applicable to anybody here who, who doesn't follow Jesus. Um, so like Nathaniel at the beginning of the story, you probably have all sorts of doubts and questions. You, it's a very high chance that you have very low expectations of Jesus or like no expectations at all of Jesus. Um, but that's, that's not what defines this encounter between Jesus and Nathaniel. Um, Jesus, Jesus finds Nathaniel, and we get to see the beginning of Nathaniel's transformation in his walk with Jesus. 
And so if you don't know Jesus as king today, um, that, that could be you. And it doesn't, it doesn't take anything fancy. Uh, the Bible actually tells us to all it takes is for you to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that you will be saved. Uh, but if you have any questions, like if you want to process that with a friend, um, it would bring any of us in here who do follow Jesus extreme joy to sit down and, and process with you and um, ask questions and listen and, and just to be able to say, hey, come and see, and we'll walk towards Jesus together. Um, and, and this is beautiful. This is beautiful for those, those of us in the room who are, who are following Jesus. So come and see. This isn't, this isn't just a one-time invitation that we get when we first start following Jesus, but it's actually like an invitation that lasts for a lifetime. And so I've got two examples that I want to share um, just how that invitation is still applicable and relevant to us today. Uh, but I am, I am truly trusting that the Holy Spirit is communicating and counseling each one of us, um, maybe highlighting some areas in your life that, that you can bring to Jesus, some different ways that you can come to Jesus. And maybe he's giving a word to like you individually, but there's also a good chance that he's giving you a unique insight into someone that you're close to, one of your friends or family members. Um, and so I just want to encourage you, if, that, if that's happening, that um, like you just feel the freedom to share that with someone else. Um, as we go throughout this week, I think it's healthy and right for us to continue this conversation around our dinner tables, through phone calls, and especially like our community groups um, are designed for, for things like this um, so that we can just gather around each other and pray for each other and encourage, encourage each other and things like that. And so um, in these examples, I just, like, I truly want it to be like the starting of like the wheel cranking for us, although it's going to be the last like couple things that I share, um, just to get the, the wheels turning in our heads of what it actually means when Jesus tells us to come and see or whenever one of our friends invites us it's like, hey, I found, I found the Savior. He's totally changed me. You should come, you should come check it out with me. Uh, so first, for the exhausted mom in the room, come and see, come and see could mean uh, come and find rest in me. Let me remind you of the identity that I've given you. Um, you're not defined by your mistakes and failures or your kids' mistakes and failures, but rather you're defined uh, by my finished work on the cross. Come to me because you are mine. Maybe come and see is an invitation to stop trying to do it all on your own. Um, maybe it's an invitation to come to the people of Jesus and let them encourage you and help you along the way, no matter how messy or hard your life is or how full your schedule is. Um, Maybe come and see is an invitation for you to truly open your life and share it with those who care about you and who you build trust with as, as we all uh, walk with Jesus. And second, uh, for, the, for the quietly anxious man who feels inadequate to lead his family, come and see could mean come, come to me and find peace. Come to me and find wisdom. Come and ask questions. 
come and give me the burdens that you're carrying that you really weren't designed to carry at all. Come and humble yourself. Come and stop pretending to have it all together. Uh, Come and find brothers to confide in, to trust in, to build trust with, to fight for, to pray for, to pray with, to encourage, just as we all like long to follow Jesus in this life and be more like him. So will you guys pray with me? Jesus, we, we do thank you for letting us be here today. Um, God, we, we ask that, that you would just give us clear instructions, uh, just how to encourage each other this week, uh, how to be your people this week. Um, just encourage us in just ways that, that we would never know to expect, Lord. Um, we thank you that, that you're so good to us. Um, we, we're thankful that you come, like you step toward us, um, despite just everything that's in us. You know us to the core, Lord, and that doesn't turn you away, but that actually makes you jump out of your seat and come running toward us. And so would you, would you just let that, let that truth sit deep in our soul? Um, and we thank you. We just say, can't say thank you enough, Jesus, and we pray these things in your name. Amen. All right. So I feel like in a, an appropriate way to respond in this moment is uh, with communion, coming to the Lord's table. And so Jesus here has given us a tangible reminder of his permanent posture toward us for those of us who are in Jesus, who have put our trust in him, who have given our lives to him. Um, Like he could have easily stopped after he told Philip, follow me. It would have been like way more than we deserved if Jesus would have just looked in his direction or looked in our direction. But, But he decided to make it incredibly clear with his words and with his actions how he feels about us, how it is that he thinks about us. And the bottom line is that he loves us, and this is proof that that can never be taken away. And so nothing nothing makes that more clear than what we remember when we come to the table. So Jesus, the Son of God, came to earth as a man. He lived a perfect life. Um, he, he gave us that perfect life by dying on the cross and then he exercised his everlasting dominion when he, when he busted out of the grave. And so for those of us who know and follow Jesus as king, may we receive this as fresh grace this morning. Would this fill us with hope? Because the Son of God, he knows us, he sees us, he hears us, he loves us. He's done everything that we need to be right with God. And for those of us who don't, who don't know Jesus personally yet, who don't follow him, um, I would encourage you just not to take this. Um, I would encourage you, though, to consider Jesus. I would, like if I was you, I would just ask him, ask him if he knows you. Ask him if he sees you. Ask him if he hears you. And like I, like I said earlier, like, it's a really bold thing for you to be in this room today. Um, 
but one, one bold step that you could take in addition to that would be just to find a friend or someone close to you um, and just ask him, ask him what it's like. Um, ask him what it, ask him their story. Ask him just what does it take for me to be right with God? And I, we would love, we would love, absolutely love to just say, you know what, I may not have all the answers, but I want you to come and see and experience this joy. And so when you guys are ready, you can come to the table.